year yet. And who doesn't want that, right? I mean, who doesn't want their best year ever? Uh, we've talked about priorities. We've talked about also last week our spiritual uh, and, and bodies coming together uh, to glorify God. And next week, uh, we're going to talk about another New Year's resolution that many people have is, I, I want to be smart this year, or I want to learn something new. There, there are those kinds of re- resolutions that people make. You know, I'd like to learn something new in the new year. Uh, I'd like to advance myself intellectually. I'd, I'd like to be smart, or I'd like to make good choices, wise decisions. And so we'll be looking at those things with uh, getting smart next week. So uh, not only should you plan to be with us, but bring somebody with you, maybe someone who struggles in that area with making good choices, good decisions. And uh, uh, if you'll make good decisions, you can live with fewer regrets. And so uh, we all want to be in that position. So be sure and be here next week. But uh, this week, we're going to talk about one of the New Year's resolutions that many people make. And that is, I would like to be happier, right? I'd like to be, I hope this new year I'll be happier. Uh, you know, last year was kind of a struggle. It was kind of one of my toughest years, or you know, however it's expressed. And, and I'd like to move into another dimension. I'd like to move into a, a happier year. The problem is trouble knows your address, Come here with me, right? Trouble knows your address, and so problems have a way of coming your way. So uh, this week, as I was looking through some different things, I came across uh, what to do in case of an anaconda attack when you are in the Amazon jungle. So if you ever find yourself in the Amazon jungle... Uh, This came from the United States Government Peace Corps manual for its volunteers, and here's the steps that you need to take. If you are attacked, number one, by an anaconda, do not run. The snake is faster than you. Number two, lie flat on the ground. Put your arms tight against your sides, your legs tight against one another. Number three, tuck your chin in. Number four, the snake will become will come and begin to nudge and climb over your body. Number five, do not panic. Number six, after the snake has examined you, it will begin to swallow you from the feet and always from that end. Permit the snake to swallow your feet and ankles. Do not panic. Right. The snake will now begin to suck your legs into its body. You must lie perfectly still. This will take a long time. Anacondas can be 35 feet in length and can swallow a 300-pound person. When the snake has reached your knees, 
slowly and with little movement as possible, reach down, take your knife, and very gently slide it into the side of the snake's mouth between the edge of its mouth and your leg. Then suddenly rip upwards, severing the snake's head. Right. (laughs) Number nine, be sure you have your knife. (laughs) Number ten, be sure your knife is sharp. Yeah, I don't think so. Do you? I, I am not waiting around for that. I don't know about you, but I will be long gone by that point. But we all know, you may not be in the Amazon jungle, but we all know what it's like to be swallowed up by trouble, right? Car trouble, hot water heater goes out, technology troubles and problems, family issues and struggles, health issues, There's always trouble no matter where you turn. And it's not just what happens to us. We can worry about what could happen to us, right? You know, a lot of energy, they say, goes into worrying about things that don't even happen. They don't even happen. But yet people worry about them And and it causes such conflict and and struggles in our life. And so we can have fears that grip us, you know, as we think about tomorrow and we think about, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have enough for retirement. I started too late. Uh, You know, my children, I'm not quite sure which direction they're going yet at this point. I worry about their future or we can worry about our health and the direction that that seems to be heading. But here's the thing, and I want you to get this as we start this morning. Worry never fixes tomorrow. It never fixes tomorrow. But it always ruins today. It never fixes tomorrow, but it always ruins today. And so worry can be such a problem in our lives and can steal our joy, can steal our happiness. You will not have the best year yet if you fill this year with worry. Would you agree? It's just not going to happen. It's just impossible for it to happen. And so just like our Savior to come along and say something about this. And to help us in this area of worry. So if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Because Jesus teaches about this very topic. And what he says uh, just strikes home with everyone. Because here's the fact about worry. You can be poor and worry. And you can be rich and worry, right? It doesn't make any difference. You can be rich or poor, and you can still be filled with worry. You can be uh, what would be the opinion of many to be an ultimate rock star, and yet you're worried. 
What are they writing about me in the paper? What if my next song is not as big of a hit? What if people start saying I'm a has-been or I was a one-hit wonder? And we look at those people and say, what? Are you serious? I wish I had your problems. But it makes no difference whether you're rich or poor, popular or unknown. Worry can keep us from our best year yet. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 26, or excuse me, verse 25, I think it is, Jesus says this, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Jesus begins this topic of worry by telling us just flat out, do not worry. And we're going to look this morning at two trade-offs, two trade-offs that you need to make in this new year if you're going to have the best year yet and have a year of happiness. Here's the first trade-off that you have to make. Jesus teaches this, and we'll look at it here in a moment, but it's You've got to trade scarcity for God's provision or God's supply. You trade your scarcity mindset for God's supply. You believe that God will supply. You know, we were sitting at a local restaurant here a couple summers ago, and uh, it, it was a nice day. It was a little bit warm in the sun. And so they had a tree planted there by the patio uh, eating area. And so we sat under the comfort of the tree. And uh, as we were sitting there, uh, Rochelle got an extra deposit, uh, okay, from the tree. It actually wasn't from the tree. It was from one of God's creations in the tree. You know what I'm saying? And so this bird, let me just say it, this bird pooped on her, okay? That's what happened. And so it's like, gross, oh, that is so nasty and everything. So she, you know, has to get all cleaned up and everything. And, and so from then on, guess what? We couldn't sit at that table anymore. Uh, you know, it, it was nice to sit there once and, and enjoy the comfort of the shade and everything. But the bird ruined it for us. And so now when we eat outside, we're kind of careful. You know what I'm saying? We, we kind of watch, you know, is this under a tree? Is there a tree limb that comes over the table or what? And Jesus talks about something that we need to focus on. Look at verse 26 in this same passage. Here's what Jesus says. Look at the birds, those crazy birds. Look at them. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap, or store away in barns. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? You and I are more valuable than the birds. God will take care of us. Now, some of us don't get this, and we don't understand the picture. So it's kind of like a few weeks ago, 
We had movie night at home, and, and we decided to do a rare thing and order pizza in, have it delivered to the house. And so we called up Papa John's, and, and of course, we're getting ready to do this, and we're trying to decide, okay, what's going to be on the pizza? Do we need to divide it in half, have it, half this, half that, and I'll get everybody to agree on something and, and all this. And, and so as we're doing this, well, my daughter says, well, I need to order it on my app because if I order it on my app, I get points. And so it's like, okay, well, let's see. You know, and so she was trying to figure out, could she get it the way we wanted it and, and, and you know, all these different things. And, and so here's the thing is the pizza came, delivered, you know, it's all good and, and everything, had a fun night. But if you were to ask my daughter, who ordered the pizza? Who provided the pizza? She might say, I ordered it. I, I used my app, and, and I ordered the pizza for my family. But the reality is, I paid for the pizza, all right? <laughs> I tipped the driver. We used my plates in my house, and I provided the ice and the cups and the beverages for everybody for that evening. But, you know, the thing is, is I, my, my wife and I, we're glad to do that because we love our daughter. We love getting together. We love family time and things like that. But it made me think about this, that our Heavenly Father looks down, and we think we provided it. You know what I'm saying? We think that's our house. That's my car. That's my stuff. And our Heavenly Father says, no, I love you. I provided that for you. I, it's my good pleasure to do those things for you. But some of us get mixed up and we think that we provided it. But I'm here to tell you today that even if you think somehow your ingenuity or whatever, who gave you your brain, right? Who put that inside your body? You have no way of knowing exactly how that thing works. Nobody can quite figure it out. It's amazing how that God has equipped us. And not only did he give you that, but he gave you the air that you breathe. And he doesn't even charge you for it every day. You get to breathe it in free of charge. You were healthy enough to work or to open up that check when it came in the mail or to see that it got auto-deposited into your account. But I'm here to tell you, even if somebody blessed you in your life, might have been an uncle, aunt, might have been a friend, or somebody else gave you a gift card at Christmas or whatever, that thing really came from God, right? He brought it into our lives. And it's huge when you shift to God being your provider instead of you. Because it takes the responsibility off of you and puts it on God. See, when you think you got to do it, you got to do it. But when you trust that God who feeds the birds and cares for those silly birds that poop in the tree on your head while you're eating lunch, right? That same God who provides for those birds, they're not up there worrying. They're not up there fretting. They're not up there upset. They're not thinking about tomorrow. They just 
trust. And when you believe that and trust your heavenly father, you no longer have fear. The weight is not just yours. That financial pressure that you're feeling is not just yours. Your heavenly father cares for you. And so when we trust God, we can live a year of happiness. We can live with more joy in our lives. And listen, you can't control what happens on the outside anyway, can you? But you can make a difference on what happens on the inside. And you can decide today, you know what? I'm going to trust my heavenly father. Look at that. Look at those birds. Every time you look this week, you see them sitting up there on the power lines, or you see them flying in between trees, let it be a reminder, Jesus said, that I take care of those. I take care of every one of those. And if I take care of those, how much more will I take care of you? Are you not more important to God than the birds? Amen? Is that true? I believe it in my life. And here's the second trade that we need to make is fret for faith. We trade fret for faith. Look at verse 28 in what Jesus says. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor, who who was a great king of Israel, the richest king of Israel, tradition says. And and so he had all this awesomeness, all this gold and everything. And it says not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? You know, we worry about what we'll wear. You know, I I was worried about what I was going to wear today. And my family said, wear that cute outfit that we got you for Christmas. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to wear that. I'm not sure if I should wear that. And they said, no, no, it's so cute. You need to wear it. And so, so I'm wearing my cute outfit today, all right? And, and what matters is that my wife thinks it's cute, all right? And she got it for me. And so it really doesn't matter what you think about it. You know, if you're sitting out there and, and you're thinking, why are his pants so short? What, what, what's up with that? You know, or you're thinking, why didn't he button his shirt before he got up there? Or you're thinking, what kind of preacher doesn't tuck in his shirt? I, I just don't understand that. I've got an email address for you. You just need to email Craig at idontgiverip.com. Really, just just go ahead and email that address. Make sure you spell it right. Craig at idontgiverip.com. And you'll get a response, okay? But, But seriously, here's the thing. 
is we worry, don't we? We worry because we think, you know, clothes project an image, you know, and I remember reading about the power tie and all these different things of our culture because our culture goes in and out. I always say this, when everybody owns a fat tie, skinny ties will be in. When everyone buys the skinny tie, fat ties will be in. When everyone owns wide lapels, skinny lapels will be in. When everybody, when all of you finally get skinny jeans, thin-legged jeans, then it's going back to flare, all right? It's just coming back. That's the way it works because uh, all the marketing and everything that goes on. And Jesus says, hey, don't worry about stuff like that. Don't worry about what you're going to wear or not going to wear and all of those things. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, what he goes on to say. He says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Now, notice this. This is pretty strong. For the pagans, I mean, people who don't even know God, don't even claim to know God, run after all these things. And your heavenly Father, look at this, knows that you need them. Verse 33 says, there it is, but seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, what? Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow, this is one of the most practical verses in all of the Bible, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day, is this not true? Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, you got enough problems today without borrowing from what might be, what could happen what might take place that you don't even know if it's going to take place. So many things, again, that we worry about, they don't even happen. Worry about wearing the right thing, having enough this, having enough that. And Jesus says, why are you carrying all that weight? Why are you burdened under all of these things? Your heavenly Father already knows what you need. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you're up against. He knows the difficulties. He knows the challenges. He knows the things that you're saying in your head right now. But Craig, you just don't know. I mean, if you only sat in my seat, if you could only be where I am, then you would know why I'm so worried, why I'm so fretful, whatever, in my life. But I'm telling you, it's not about what I think. It's what he thinks. He knows. He knows your issues. He knows your problems. He knows your stresses. He knows your challenges. He knows all about it. He knows it better than you do. And so I don't know why we wouldn't want him to be in control, right? To be leading, guiding, directing our lives. He cares so much more than you can imagine. So you don't have to carry it alone. So today I'm just wondering, how many would be honest enough to say, 
I'm a worrier. Some are pointing, okay? So, no, you just, if you, okay. So many of us worry. Jesus uses the word that could be translated to care. And see, this is how some of us struggle in this because we think, you know, I care about my kids. That's why I worry about them. And of course you do. You care so much for them. When you love something, you care about it. But worry moves beyond just caring today to projecting it to an unknown tomorrow. What happens is all of a sudden you're carrying tomorrow's weight today. You're saying, you know, I know they're only five, but what are they going to do for the rest of their lives? You know? Well, what's going to happen to them? You know, and, and, and the thing is, Jesus says, can, can you change it by worrying? Have you ever changed the future by worrying? And do you not know that your heavenly Father cares for you more than grass, flowers, and birds? And by the way, he's been taking care of those for thousands of years. And so if your heavenly father can be trusted for thousands of years to take care of birds, flowers, and grass, then he can be trusted to take care of your life. Now, how many of you don't seem to worry hardly at all? Some are pointing again. You know, you just don't worry about anything. It's like Hakuna Matata. You know? <laughs> it's like, what will be, will be. You know? Don't worry, be happy. And you just go floating along, oblivious, it seems, to everything exploding all around you. Now, it could be that you're not taken care of today like you ought to. You, know, you might be kind of like this picture of a boat that I saw this week. Uh, here's the name of the boat. <laughs> no worries. Some of you are on a boat that's going underwater and you don't even know it. Somebody needs to help you out. Worry, though, is assuming responsibility for things that Jesus said you should not be responsible for, and especially the future. Henry Ward Beecher said this about the handle that we can grip. Every tomorrow has two handles. We can take hold of it with the handle of anxiety or the handle of faith. Mm. Some of you need to just get that. Which handle are you holding? Is it the handle of anxiety? If I worry hard enough, you know, if I get worked up enough, maybe things will change. Or is it the handle of faith that I have a loving heavenly father who watches over me, who cares for me, and, and will guide and direct my future? I don't know about you, but I'm trading my 
sorrows in 2018. I'm trading my pressure. I'm trading my stress. I'm trading my anxiety for faith. How about you? I don't want 2018 to be marked with fear and anxiety. And if you want your best year yet, you've got to do the same. I don't know if you saw this picture or not that was just went wild on the internet sometime back at a Pirates game. Uh, father and his son were there, and a bat came out of the batter's hand and went flying up into the crowd. And look at everybody going crazy, except for the person that is getting ready to smash. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but the story is that this kid had just snapped a picture. He just took a picture, and he was going to send it to his mom. Say, Mom, now Dad and I are here at the game, and here's a, here's a pic from the, from the game. And, and so he's sending that photo, and while he's doing that, this bat is flying at him like a missile. And he looks up just in time to see that his dad's arm is stretched out there next to him, blocking the bat from smashing his son's face. And when the dad was asked, how did you do that? How did you react like that when, that when that bat was flying up there? He says, I don't know. I just went into dad mode. You know, my arm just shot out. It's like, you know, that's coming up here. I think it's going to smash my son. And, and so my arm just went out there. I just went into dad mode when I saw that. And the kid is oblivious to even what is going on. And I want to say to some of you, you have no idea what hell might throw at you this year in 2018. You have no idea what might be coming your direction in March or April or May or June or July. You have no idea what the enemy is trying to do to your marriage, your home, your finances, your future, your well-being. You have no idea what schemes he might have dreamed up that he might be getting ready to send your way. But that's not what's important. What's important is, I don't know about you, but I'm sitting next to my dad. I'm sitting next to my heavenly father who has promised that I care for the birds. I care for the, the grass. I care for the flowers. And how much more do I care for you? And the Bible talks about the everlasting arms of the Lord. And I believe that there have been many times when the enemy has tried to knock me out. Come on, somebody. I believe there's been many times when the enemy said, today is your day. I'm coming after you right now. And I might not even have a clue. I might be oblivious. Part of heaven may be God's saying, I want to show you something. When you were 21, look, you're just... 
and the enemy was coming your way, but I reached out in my everlasting arms and I knocked away the missile that wanted to smash your life, destroy you and tear you down but I intercepted it by my mighty power and I'm here to tell somebody this morning it makes no difference what the enemy has in store for you in the remainder of this month or the remainder of this year as long as you're sitting next to your father, as long as you're sitting next to the heavenly father of heaven who will smite away and smack away what the enemy means for your harm. God will turn it for your good. Come on, give him a shout if you believe that he'll do that for you. You know, even times when you don't have a clue, even times when You don't know. I'm telling you already in advance, your heavenly Father has a plan. Look at what he says in John chapter 14. We'll close with this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. I am leaving you with a gift. Here's the gift. And you can't buy it. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care where you live. You can move wherever and trouble can find you in the middle of paradise, right? But here's what he says. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. You can't change tomorrow. But you can trust in the God of tomorrow. You can trust in the God who can make a difference in your future. If you're here today and you haven't learned to trust him yet, I want you to trust him this morning. I want you to put your trust in him to grow in your faith to grow in your relationship with him, to sit next to your heavenly father, so to speak. And I believe if you'll do that, this will be your best year yet. Let's pray.